Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful morning again to worship the Lord in His presence and the beauty of His holiness. God is such a wonderful God. He's such a good God. Over the last week, we have been listening to God's word on the teaching of planted in the house of God. The Bible says that the righteous person will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like the cedars of Lebanon, planted in the house of God. They will flourish in the courtyards of our God. I want to today continue to teach and speak about this topic, about how God wants you and me to be planted in the house of God. The Bible says the righteous man shall be, uh, shall flourish like the palm trees of Lebanon, uh, palm trees in the cities of Lebanon, planted in the house of God. It is very important for every child of God to be planted, to be fellowshipping, to be walking with, to be enjoying the presence of God, learning together with the family of God, and being part of the local church and the body of Christ at large. Even today, God wants us to be planted. First John chapter 1 verse 3 says like this, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. When we begin to walk with God, we actually begin to fellowship with God, with the Father, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. But some people say, my fellowship is primarily with God. I enjoy my fellowship with God. And I don't necessarily need more fellowship with people. I like to be alone. I like to be to myself. I like to sit behind my computer, watch the services only online. I do not want to be part of the body of Christ or to be a faithful part of the local church. But the Bible says in verse 7 of the same chapter, 1 John chapter 1 verse 7, it says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, which means there is power. When we walk in the light as he is in the light, the natural result of our walking in the light, just as Jesus is in the light, will be fellowship with one another. God says he wants the church to fellowship. He wants the church to live, to do life together, work together, serve together, know God, walk with God in a powerful way. So the Lord wants us to be planted in a local church. Once the Lord ascended to heaven, the leaders of the, of the church, the apostles, went back. And one of the first things they did is preach the gospel and people were added to what they called the ecclesia. They were added to the local church. Matthew's gospel, chapter 16, verse 18 says... And I say to you, Peter, and upon this rock I will build my ecclesia, the church. And the gates of Hades shall not overpower the ecclesia. You see, we have to understand, the Bible says, the gates of hell, it does not say, shall not overpower any individual man of God. Many great men of God have come, and many have fallen. Many have walked away from the faith. Many have backslidden, and many have fallen in sin. That is why the Bible does not say, I will build my church upon any individual 
He says, I will build my church upon this rock. Uh, you know, now some people say that was Peter, but that's besides the point. Upon the rock of revelation of Jesus. I will build my church. He's God is saying, I will build the ecclesia. And against this church, the gates of hell shall not prevail. God has put so much into his concept, into his faith of the local church. The local church is important because God planned it. The local church is important because it is dear to God's heart. It is the embassy of heaven here on earth. It is the, the institution through which God is operating his kingdom here on earth. The local church is very near and dear to God's heart. Just like in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were there and God came down to fellowship with them. So also today in the local church, God is coming to fellowship with his people, the body of Christ. Many people do not know the purpose of the local church. When you don't know the purpose of something, you often do not know how to relate or how to operate with it. For example, if I have a mobile phone and there is um, some, something upon, or on that gadget, some equipment or some app or something like that, and if I do not know how to use it, I will either neglect it or I might misuse it or I might just abuse it. If we don't know the purpose of why God has kept the church of the living God, why God has ordained the church, why God has spoken about the ecclesia, why God believes in the church, if we don't know the purpose of that, we naturally will neglect it. We will say, well, I will be part of it when I feel like, I will serve when I can, when I don't feel like, when it's not convenient. I don't want to be part of that. For the same reason... Well, like we, we can neglect an equipment that could be very useful, but we don't know what the purpose is. In the same way, we can also choose to neglect the local church because we really don't understand what the plan of God is through the local church. Hebrews 10 was 23 to 25 says like this, Let us hold firmly to the confession of our faith, of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, and let's consider how to encourage one another. Encourage one another in love and in doing good deeds. Not abandoning our own meeting together. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, let us gather together. Let us encourage one another. Let us uh, consider, see how to encourage one another without abandoning the meeting together. Which means the Bible places... A very important, you know, role of the meeting together of the body of Christ in the local church. The Bible is warning here. Let us not be in the habit of not gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. But as all the more as you see the coming of the Lord hastening and coming sooner. Let us gather together. Let us encourage one another. Let us be there for one another. Let us do life together. Many people have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But they sense or they feel in their heart, I can grow spiritually even without being part of a local church. Technology has helped, especially in this COVID times. Uh, technology has helped carry this gospel and the message when we were not able to physically meet. God has helped carry the message into the nations of the world. I am not saying that technology is bad. In fact, technology is amazing. Technology can help us 
as a local church. In fact, this morning, we are gathering together as a local church, even through our technology. But what has happened is because technology has come, we can end up supplementing. People can pick and choose. I'd like to go to, I, like, I, I want to watch that service because of the worship there. I want this um, message, this preacher because of the word. Uh, I'd like to list, be, you know, listen to that church because they don't ask for money. I'd like to, you know, people can pick and choose things because they, hope, they believe in their heart. They do not necessarily need to be part of one local church. They would believe in their heart. I'm part of a global family. Now, there's nothing wrong in being blessed by a global family, but it's very important for someone to be planted, for someone to belong, someone just like Adam and Eve were planted in the garden. Even though they could have been part of anywhere around the world, God took them and planted them in the garden. Just like we could be part of any ministry anywhere or every ministry everywhere, God wants us also to be planted in the house of God. Now, because God wants us to grow, God wants us to bear fruit, God wants us to multiply after our own kind. We begin to raise people like who we are. God protects us, God walks with us in the local church. He wants to draw from His anointing that comes through the local church. We have an opportunity to serve one another because we are serving in the body of Christ. But here this morning, I want to ask the question, why the local church? Saints of God, you need to understand this. Why the local church? Because the church, why does God believe in the church? God has a unique place in his heart for the ecclesia. Why? Because the church is his family. His, the Bible calls the church his household. Ephesians 2.19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens and saints, and are God's household. God calls the ecclesia his family, his household. The members of my household are people I'm related to, people that carry my DNA or carry my heart or things like that. that are, those are the members of my household. And so also the Bible calls these people in the church as his household, his family. His mother, his brother, his sister, and all of that. And there are some people that come to the household of God, but they will come after the first worship song has started. And they want to leave before the last song is over, maybe after the offering of order. They just want to quickly leave. They don't want to meet anybody. They don't want to talk to anybody. When you come to a household, and you want to come after everybody has started the service, and you want to go just before the service is over, then at best, we are not behaving like household. At best, we are behaving like guests. A guest can come when they want and a guest can go when they want. A guest can come, eat of the goodies, be taken care of, enjoy the hospitality. Or the host team will invite you in. You will be ushered to a chair. You will be you know, given good music and good worship, time of worship and word and all that. Well, that's a guest. But God's not called us to be a guest in the house of God. Some people have their pet corner, that seat near the exit door. Or some people have that pet places where they come and they say, this is my chair. No, listen to me. There is no my chair in the house of God. In the house of God, if you're part of a household, that we choose to see how we can serve one another. God calls the church his household. And if we are his household, we are part of his family, then this is not an individual thing. God says it is for his family. He is the head, not of individuals. 
He's the head of the church, the Bible says. Christ is the head of the church. God believes in the local church. God believes in the gathering of the saints. Colossians 1.18 says he is the head of the body, the church. Not only is he the head of the ecclesia, the Bible says, Jesus looks at the church and says, that's my bride. You know when a bridegroom looks at his bride, he looks at her with awe and says, she looks beautiful. Many times when we look at the local church, we see the faults, we see the blemish. We see the problems. Oh, that man, I came to church, they didn't even smile at me. I went there, all they're interested is in maybe in, in offering. Or I went there, that preacher, when he preached, I did not like what he preached. I didn't like what he said, I didn't like what he preached. And so I'm not going back to that place because I don't, I'm not comfortable with them. Maybe I don't like what race they come from or what, what background they come from. For us, many times we're offended by that. For God, that's his bride. He looks at his local, he looks at the church, his bride. He calls his bride. Ephesians 5, 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loves the church. God is saying, I want you to love the local church. Your bride, just be part of the church because Christ loves the local church. God is in love with the local church, with all her blemishes, with all her you know, falls and all our problems. You know, I heard a preacher one day say like this. He said, on the day of the wedding, you look at your bride walking down the aisle. She looks so beautiful, so amazing. And there is no better word to describe your bride than the word, wow. And then next morning, after you've gone to bed, the next morning you wake up and her hair is all messy and and it's not in place and all of that. And the curls are all off. And you know, you look at her and you want to pretend like you didn't see her. Because you're wondering with all those curls look like antennas. And you're wondering which radio station are you tuning into, the preacher said. Many times we, the, the way she walked down the aisle is not what you get to see in the years. The, the, the way the husband looked so handsome and well-groomed on the day of the wedding is not the way you get to see him after some time. When, the, when you come to church, when you're part of a local church, the way you see the beauty of the church, amazing times of worship and loving people and all, after some time you may feel, well, they're not what they showed themselves to be. But I want you to know, Jesus knows that. And yet he loves his bride. He knows the next day he will probably see her with all her blemishes, but he continues to call the church his bride. The Bible also says he's not only his bride, the Bible calls the church his body. Why the local church? Why should we be planted in the local church? Because Jesus calls the church his body. When you and I say, you know, I don't want to be part of that church. I don't want to be part of this church. I don't want to, I, I want to just be online and I'm just going to do my own stuff. Now, nothing long, wrong with being Part of a local church, even if it is online, it has its limited blessings. Nothing like meeting people face to face. But in the times you can't see them online, or if you are part of a local church from a distance, that's okay. But at least you know that that is where you're planted. That's where you're drawing from. When you're planted somewhere, you send your roots deep and you're drawing from the waters. You're listening to the word. You're receiving the teaching. But you are also going to do a lot more. And I'm going to show you what Jesus intended. If you don't know the purpose of the local church, you can miss the plot. You might neglect it. You might abuse it. 
or you might misuse it. Jesus looks at his church and he says, that's my body. Yet we look at the church and say, that's messy. Jesus looks at the church and says, that's my bride. And he says, that, all I want to say is, wow. The angels of heaven are probably looking at Jesus and saying, are you, are you sure, Jesus? You, you, you sure you want to trust these guys? Jesus is saying, you just wait. Why? Because the Bible says that it is his body. And you and I, we are different parts of the same body. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says, you know, Paul is illustrating in the Bible and he's saying, some people are the eye and some are the nose and some are the eyes and some are the mouth and some are the hands and some are the legs. But can the legs say to the hand, I don't need you? Can the eyes say to the mouth, I don't need you? No, they cannot because without the mouth, the eyes will soon die. Without the legs, the body can't go anywhere. Paul is illustrating and saying, every believer needs one another. We need one another, saints of God. We can't do without one another. You need people to speak into your life. The church needs you to come alongside and encourage and pray and stand together and, 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 and believe in other people so that you can use your gifts so that others can be blessed through your life. One body and many parts. Why does God believe in the church? Because God calls the church the general gathering, assembly, of those whose names are written in heaven. Hebrews and chapter 12, verse 22 to 24, the Bible says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. What is the ecclesia? What is the church? Bible, Jesus calls it the Mount Zion. Jesus looks at the church and calls it this church, which people find fault with, is the city of the living God. It is the heavenly Jerusalem. God calls the church the heavenly Jerusalem. And then it says, and to, we have come to the myriads of angels. Which means it is in the ecclesia, in the church, where the, where the hosts of angels are gathering together. The armies of angelic armies of God are gathering in the church. And then it goes on to say, and to the general assembly. And the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Who, what Bible says, if your name is enrolled in heaven. If you're born again and saved and your name is enrolled in heaven, God says, I want you to be part of this general assembling. It is the general gathering of the church, the firstborn whose name is enrolled in heaven. And to God, the judge of all. And to the spirits of righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. So when we are gathering together, the church is called the general assembly. God wants his body, his people, not to live isolated lives. He wants us to come together as a general assembly. The church is called the, the household of God. Where Paul is instructing Timothy and he's saying, you need to be careful how you, man, how you live in the household of God. How you walk, how you live holy, how you relate to one another, how you deal with one another. God is not calling you to live however you want in the body of Christ. God is calling you to live like a child of God. Every household has a DNA. Every household has a behavioral pattern. Every household has a godly character. The household of God has a godly character. God is saying, you can't come to church and live however you want. You can't come to Ecclesia and believe whatever you want. You can't come say, I know the Bible says that, but I think it's like this. The Bible says that is not possible. You are, if you're part of the household of God, you must live and behave like the household of God. The wisdom of God 
Why the church? Why should we be part of the church? Because God says in Ephesians chapter 3.10, the Bible says God wants to manifest his wisdom to the demonic hosts by using weak people like you and me, who he calls his bride and is making us the church of the living God. Why the church? Because God believes in that weak people like you and me can disarm demonic hosts and put to shame Every scheme and plan of the devil. Do you know when Jesus is called the high priest? He's not called the high priest. Just you and me as high individually. Hebrews 10.21 says, And since we have a high priest over the household of God. Jesus was not ordained high priest over you and me individually. Even though the Bible says we have a high priest before whom we can go boldly and we'll find mercy and grace. Jesus was ordained high priest over the house of God. He is the king over the kingdom of heaven. He is the ambassador in charge, the over-shepherd over the embassy of God. He is the great shepherd over the under-shepherds who are the pastors and the leaders. He believes in his church. If one shepherd or leader has failed you, if one man of God has fallen here or has fallen in sin or has loved money or rebelled or walked, don't, don't get upset. Jesus is still the over-shepherd, the great shepherd of his church. He is called the head of his church. He is the high priest. He commands angels concerning his church on every side. You know, when we gather, angels come. In fact, the Bible says, and to the angel of the church of Smyrna or Laodicea or Philadelphia or Ephesus, he commands angels concerning, he says, do you know that there are angelic hosts over churches? Why? Because he loves his bride. He commands his army concerning his bride. Oh, many times when we come to, we come get saved, we think that he loves us. He loves me. Jesus loves me. Yes, he loves me. Yes, he loves you. But he doesn't just love me and you. He loves his bride, the church. He loves the church so much that he's put a, a great value upon the church. Many of us are shy people. We, don't, we come to church and then we're shy. We don't want to relate to people. We want, we want to go away. We want to, we're afraid. What do people think of me? I want you to know Jesus thinks good things of you. It does not matter what other people think of you. That is why Mary Magdalene could come boldly to the church. She could worship God with the saints. That is why sinners and tax collectors, and they could come boldly to the ecclesia of God. Because Jesus thinks good things about them. God wants to present us individually before the Father. Jude verse 20 says, Unto God who is able to present us holy and blameless before the Father. He wants to present us individually before the Father. But do you know, He also wants to present His church blameless before the Father. Why am I saying this? Because I want you to know, God has a unique place in His heart for His church. We cannot say that what God is concerned about, I'm not concerned about. God has a unique place in His heart for the church. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.27 that he might present to himself the church in all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she should be holy and blameless. Hallelujah. God has this unique place. 
And when God has his unique place, now God is asking you and me, can you partake of this household? Can you come and be part of the household because you're a hand that is missing there? Or you're a finger that is missing there? Or maybe you're a ear that is missing there? Maybe you're a heart that is missing? Maybe you're a hand or a leg that's missing? Today I want to ask you, I know you're saved, I know you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but my question today is, do you love the bride? Do you love the bride of Christ? Because God wants you to be planted as the bride. God wants you to be part of this bride. God wants you to be part of making the bride blameless and spotless and wrinkle-free. Because judgment will start with the household of God. God is not starting judgment just individually. He's first going to call the ecclesia. And he's going to say, church, come forward. I want, to, I want to start judgment with the house of God. It's going to be, the Bible says, the ecclesia is a place where God wants uh, things to be put in order. The ecclesia is a place where God wants godly order. If people have issues with each other, God wants to tell, come here, come here. I want to put things in godly order. Where people refuse to listen. He said, bring it to the church. The ecclesia must put things in order. The ecclesia is a place where people were sent on mission for the Lord. The church were sending leaders on mission. It wasn't just individual. One pastor thinks, I think you should do that, you should do that. No, it was the whole church praying for the missionaries. It was the whole church sending people on mission. The ecclesia sent the leaders. The ecclesia was a place where God placed apostolic leaders. An apostolic doctrine was taught to the church. I know many people would like their, to start their own ministries. and you know, But Apostle Paul and Peter did not start Apostle Paul's exclusive uh, Hebrew-Greek Bible study for those people who enroll only for $1,000 individually. I'll give personal time to you. Paul didn't do that. The Bible says that these apostolic doctrines daily were being taught to the church. God loved his bride so much that he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists. Gifts were released to the church. The church prayed together when Peter was arrested and put in jail. The church came together. It was to the church that was, that was given power. He says, Get, tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. It was given to the church. God has a unique place on his heart for the church. Different gifts, apostles, prophets, Antioch. The Bible says there were certain prophets and teachers that were gathered there. Gifts were given to the church. Maybe you're a gift to the church. You see, the gift is given to you and me. We are given as gifts to the church. God loves the church that he's given us as gifts. And leaders are appointed in the churches. Why would God appoint leaders if he didn't love the church? Why would God appoint leaders? If the church didn't have a unique place in God's heart. If he didn't believe in the church. I believe today God is appointing leaders. Reports were brought back to the church. People would go and serve God and report back. You know, God wants you to be part of a local church. God wants you to be part of a castle. When God uses you, report it to the castle. When, when you're struggling with something, ask the local church castle to pray for you. When you, when you need encouragement, call on somebody and say, I need encouragement. God has not planned for you and me to live isolated lives. God has called us to testify about God's goodness in the local church. The leaders were strengthening the church. 
And yet the church was a collective family to visit. When you look at the Bible, Apostle Paul was going, every city he went, he went looking for local churches. People that love God, they went, they go, when they go to places, even on a day of worship, they look for a local church to worship. Many others will say, no, let me just sit back and maybe it's a holiday, I'll go fishing or I'll swim or I'll just take, take a break. Of course God wants you to have a break. But your break will never be complete without coming together. On the day of the Lord, the Bible says, the church gathered. God wants us to come together and gather together as a collective family. The church is not a place to go to sing songs and listen to good preaching. The church is a family to go and do life together with. That is why you are needed after the last song. You're needed by somebody to be, you, for you to encourage them. You are needed to enroll in the care cell so that you can be a blessing there. You're needed to sing on the choir. You're needed to, to serve on the ushering teams. You are needed to, to pray for somebody on the, in the intercession ministry. You're needed today, this media, this message is coming to you because you are needed. You know, some people responded to the call, understanding this church, what they're serving is God's precious, beautiful bride. They responded to that call. They're serving the bride. God wants us to respond. The greetings were sent to the church. The church was the place God moved where he called on people. Letters were sent to the church. The letter to the Ephesians was written to the church. The Ephesians, Laodicean, Smyrna, everywhere it was written to the church. God's message is there. Today to every church. God is also sending a message today to every church. Teaching in every church. Ministering to every church. In fact, God considers. Do you know that in 1 Corinthians in chapter 14, verse 12 and verse 4 and 5 and 12. Do you, 4, 5 and 12, the Bible says, you should eagerly desire to prophesy. Why? Because when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. But when you prophesy, you edify the church. Verse, verse 19 says, Nevertheless, I prefer to speak five intelligible words with my mind that I might instruct others than speak 10,000 words in a tongue. First Corinthians 14, 12 says, So you too, since you're eager to possess spiritual gifts, many of us are eager to have spiritual gifts. Lord, give me gift of prophecy. Why? I want to shake and prophesy and I want to see it come to pass so that everybody will say, what a wonderful prophet I am. No, the Bible says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts and strive to excel in them so that you can edify the church. Many people think, I'm a gift to the body of Christ. Many, there are many, many men and women of God who are traveling around the world ministering to the body of Christ, but they do not understand the importance of being planted and rooted in a local church. It is the local church that sends. It's the local churches. Now, you might be leading your own ministries. Nevertheless, it's important to be part of a local church because there you learn what it means to share together, to care for one another, to pray for one another, to stand together. To encourage one another. When the whole church gathered, they were encouraged. Offerings were given to the local church. And that offering was taken and supported the mission work and other churches in new places where they did not have money. The local church's funding was so important because God used that local family to support another local family at another place. That is why God said to bring the offering to the local church. 
grace was given to the local church. Suffering. Paul said, I counted an honor to suffer for the local church. So that the people of God might grow in him. There was a godly order that God brought in the local church. Our passion for God must be seen and celebrated by the local household of God. People must see how we love God and they must celebrate it. If people can't celebrate your gift, your call, your passion in the local church, if you feel, oh, I, can't, I don't fit in there, I want to do my own thing, then it will not be possible for you to celebrate your gift outside because you will not have the conduit through which God is operating. The local church, even if it is parachurch ministries, which I call specialized wings of the church, they're also part of the local church. Many of them are planted in local churches. Some of them don't know how. But the Bible finally says, the, the, many places in the Bible, the Bible says, I want you to, I want the, the one other scriptures, one another scriptures in the Bible. The Bible calls us to love one another. The Bible says, pray for one another. The Bible says, encourage one another. Build one another up. Teach and admonish or correct one another. Serve one another. Submit to one another. And all, so many more one another scriptures in the Bible. If I'm not wrong, there are over about 60 one another scriptures in the Bible. How can I submit to one another and obey the commandment of God to submit to one another when I don't believe in being part of a local church? How can I encourage one another when I don't know people in the local church that I can go and encourage? How can I pray for one another when I'm not connected to the body of Christ at large? The Bible says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we will have fellowship with one another. Of course, the local church has mistakes. The local church has failures. You see, in the Bible, there, were, there was fighting for power. For James chapter 4 says, why is it that you're quarreling and all kinds of things among you? Is it not because you lust for power? The local church has problems. Why? Because ordinary people are part of the local church. Of course, there were that kind of problems. There was lust and greed. There was love for money. Judas was putting his hand in the money bag and taking it out. There are people that, that loved money. And, and, and so there are failures. Jesus did not try to hide the mistakes of the local church. There were power struggles. There was love for money. The Bible says there was division in the local church. Some say I follow Paul. Some say I follow Peter. Some say I follow neither Paul nor Peter. I follow Jesus. Hallelujah. And Paul was saying, wait a minute. What, can you divide the local church? Can you divide the body of Christ? God is saying, don't you dare divide my bride. For whom I died. Jesus loves his bride. Jesus believes in his bride. Jesus wants you to be part of his bride. Many of us want to be his bride. Hello. But his bride is the church. It's the whole church that is his bride. There's fear of man in the church. There's divisions. There's laziness. There's all kinds of ungodly character. And oftentimes there are desertions in the church. People have not been there for you. When you needed them the most. Paul also knew that. Paul says to Timothy, he says, At my first defense of the gospel, nobody stood by me. Maybe you've been part of a local church and you felt alone. Nobody stood by me. When I really wanted someone, no one was there. But that does not change the fact that Jesus believes in the local church. Many people have a message for the local church. But they don't love the local. They don't want to be part of that local church. They don't know how to serve the local church. 
they only know how to give a prophetic word to local church in a condescending way. You, you turn or you burn, they will say. But they don't know how to go back alongside and serve. God does not want us to be a loner. People of God, listen to me. God's not calling loners. God is not wanting you and me to be a loner. He wants us to be. It's not good to be a Christian loner. In fact, there is no such gifting or calling. It's okay to take times of solitude from time to time. But it's so important to be planted in the house of God. It's so important to be rooted in the house of God. It's so important to be right over there. You know, we don't, we shouldn't, we don't want to arm twist anybody to come and be part of the local church. No, I'm not arm twisting you, fighting you, threatening you to come and be part of the church. No, what am I saying? Listen to me. Sometimes you might say, I'm very happy. I'm very happy the way I am. And I'm very happy sitting behind a computer and not committing to any local church, enjoying worship. I'm saved. I'm growing spiritually. Am I not saved? Am I not growing spiritually? Then what more do I need? Listen, there's a lot more you need. You're saved and you're growing spiritually, but you have no avenue to be ministered to lives of people with your gift unless you're connected to the household of faith. Now, some people say, I'm very happy. Listen to me. God created a happy person, Adam. And then God looked at this happy person and said, it's not good for this happy person to be alone. God knew that being happy does not mean you don't engage or do life with people. Because you're happy does not mean you're not needed somewhere. Because you're happy does not mean that your gifts are not given to you for somebody else. God wants you to rise. God knows you are part. God knows that the church has need for you. God knows that you have need for the church. So it's not good to be a loner. God is calling you. And he's saying, you know, if if, two, if you walk alone, two is better than one. They have a better labor for, the reward for their labor. labor. The devil wants to make you a loner. You know what the devil does? He wants to separate you and then attack you. That's what he did with Eve. He took her away from the presence of God quietly. Adam and Eve, they went away. And there he deceived them. He lied to them. He spoke to them. He, he did the same thing with, uh, you know, with David and Bathsheba. He was, David was alone, separated from the army, away from the people he should have been. And then he fell into sin and adultery with Bathsheba. When you isolate yourself, that's when you're open to enemy deception. We get deceived. We think our own thoughts. You know, when you're alone, thinking your own thoughts, there isn't anyone else to speak into your heart. There's nobody else to give you another perspective, another point of view, another idea, another thought. All we do, many of us, we sit, we're offended with somebody, we say, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And we think our thoughts, how dare they? How could they? How, you know, why did they do that to me? You know, they just, you, they just, they don't love me. But when you are part of a local church, and there you begin to hear the word of God from people, and suddenly God begins to take that word and minister into your heart. God never planned for you and me to be alone. In fact, even when Jesus was alone, that's when the devil attacked him. It's much harder for the devil to deceive you and attack you when you are in the company of the family of God. Because people are looking out for you. People are praying for you. People are standing with you and me. People are encouraging you and me. Even as a leader, I don't want to be alone. I want to be part of the household of faith. Because as much as I am a blessing to the family, the family is a blessing to me. As much as I pray for the local church, the local church prays for me. God never planned for us. He never planned isolation or individualism. He never planned 
for us to ask, what is in it for me if I come to the local church? He never planned for us. You see, living lives alone is, is very, very dangerous. God had intended for us to do life together relationally with people. May it be people that are not like us. Or may it be people that don't like us. May it be people that are very different from us. God wants us to relate to one another. To walk in covenant. You know, in Hollywood, they, they would show this Wild West movies. This, this big bad guy, you know. I mean, the good guy actually would go out and kill all the bad guys. Lone Ranger. The Bible has not planned for us to be Lone Rangers. He's planned for us to be the family of God. Where our gifts can be used. Our talents can be used. Our heart can be used. Our resources can be used. Bible says, teach the rich to be always generous so that they will be ready for every good work. That the whole body of Christ will come there so that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers together, together can teach you and train you and equip me and you. When we do life in isolation, away from the body of Christ, we're living in direct disobedience to God. A private life is just not God's plan. God plans, for some people say, well, I might be saved. I was saved and I'm growing spiritually without the local church. But I want you to know you may be saved and you may be growing spiritually without the local church. But as time goes on, both become greater, you know, increasingly a greater challenge if you're not planted in a local church. Living life away from the church becomes a life of disobedience because the church was God's idea, not my idea, not your idea. It's not people's idea. It was God's idea. God did not suggest to us. Do you think it will be okay if you don't feel bad? Do you think it's okay for you to be part of the local church? And I'm not even, you know, when we say part of the local church, I don't mean Sunday morning. I mean doing life together as a church, being part of the castles, praying for one another, interceding, engaging in the mission of the church, giving to the work of the church, encouraging the leaders in the church, or encouraging the, the junior church and raising them up, teaching them, ministering to them. God never wanted you to just be a part of something without actually pouring your life into it. The pattern is very clear. God, the Bible says in Acts 2.42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teachings and fellowship and to breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They didn't devote themselves to being alone away from everybody they devoted themselves to fellowship which means God wants you and me to be devoted to his bride many of us know what it means to be devoted to Jesus but how can you be devoted to Jesus and not to his bride how can you be devoted to the bridegroom and not to the bride of Christ how can you say I love the bridegroom but I don't love the bride. How can you say, I will serve the bridegroom, but I don't want to serve the bride. How can you say, I will worship the bridegroom, but I don't want to come and be part in helping, cleansing, serving, standing by the bride. When we don't become part of a local church, when we don't do that, we slowly begin to neglect and drift away from growing in the Lord. The church of God is not required for our salvation or maybe even for our spiritual growth in the early part. 
but without the church we can get really shaky it's the when we drift away from the community of believers we begin to rationalize you know many people that have rationally tried to figure god out often times they rationalize and rationalize the next thing they do is isolate if you're struggling with rational thinking the last thing you must do is isolate yourself from the church because when you isolate yourself from the church you're open to enemy attack the devil will bring half truths he'll bring lies he will tell you to get offended and that will be down a dangerous road when you isolate yourself and you're not planted in the house of god there's greater chance for deception you know there's a greater chance for deception you'll never rise to your full potential you'll never be able to walk into everything that god has called you for the enemy will try to deceive you take you away and you will live an ordinary life missing the born again life missing the fullness of god's plan you'll end up becoming lonely because you don't have family of god that loves you and prays with you there's no one to stand with you and pray for you at the end of our life will be very dissatisfied you know we can all be planted in the same church but many of us may grow differently we need to send our roots deep we need to be planted strong in the local church we need to send the shoots high and bear fruit in season god wants has ordained his church his bride as his ultimate plan to be part of redemption god has blessed his church said i am the high priest over this church has anointed his church has commissioned his church has spoken to his church is cleansing his church is blessing his church is giving an inheritance to his church that we cannot do it alone it's a powerful thought that there are two institutions in the new testament the church and marriage and god wants to stand by both he doesn't want to stand by just one i believe god wants to make it incredibly important in your life that you and i are part of the local church if that is the case then we want to serve that household of god we want to be an authentic part of the household of god not a visitor or a guest that comes on holidays that participates in the christmas festivals and the and the easter festivals we want to be a deeply engaged part of the local church enjoying the richness of sending our roots deep of the shoots growing our children growing in the house of god receiving from the word of god being planted in the house and bearing fruit and your fruit will become a blessing and healing to the nations of the world you'll be like a palm tree like the cedars of lebanon planted in the house of god and flourishing in the courts of god there is a place god wants you to flourish god wants you to flourish in the courts of god father i want to pray right now I want to pray right now in Jesus name even as we're praying together saints as we're praying together Bind us together Lord bind us together with cords that cannot be broken bind us together Together with the cards, together with love.
together with love. Father, I want to pray for the saints of God that are that are saved and born again and maybe listening to this message today. Maybe there are some among them today that have isolated themselves from the local church. Maybe COVID has isolated people, Lord. Maybe offenses has isolated people. Maybe pride has isolated people. Maybe neglect because of ignorance has isolated people from the body of Christ. But that doesn't change the fact that the church is your bride. You believe in the church and you want to demonstrate to demonic hosts your awesome wisdom. I pray a blessing on everybody listening. Fill them with your wisdom and grace that they will have tremendous grace upon their life and rejoice in the goodness of God and say this is and that they will fulfill the call of God upon their life and generation because they have been planted in the house of the Lord. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons please do visit us at wicc.in.